episode of Movie Mastery. It's the show where we watch the movies that you recommend to us. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jeff. You all ready for this? Indeed they are. Good. Well, I mean, I wasn't really ready for Ang Lee's Hulk, which is what we watched. Oh, my God. Because I only ever saw this in theaters the one time. When it came out, like... 15, 16 years ago. What? When the fuck was this? 2003. 2003. Jesus, 17, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no. This is old I, as hell. I, I saw that. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it a few years later on home video and I probably on DVD and I was very unimpressed. Maybe I waited too long. I mean, the whole entire point of the movie essentially is just angly trying to do stuff with the visuals. So at yeah. least when you see it, on a big screen you're like oh look at all these visual things you're trying to do and if you just watch it you know as i did on a laptop you're like yep uh (laughs) uh-huh i guess i mean he does a whole lot of panel transitions and complicated wipes and fades from one thing to another by messing with the color gradient all in the service of trying to create a sort of comic book look uh, I don't know if it ever does live up to comic book look, just because so much of the time the com- the multi-frame uh, transitions that he's doing are just eight different angles on the same helicopter. Oh, yeah. When I was watching the other night, I was like, you know, here's the thing. In a comic book, you would never have this many panels for what you're doing right now because that would be a waste of space in a visual medium. Speaking of a waste of space in a visual medium, you also shouldn't take this long for this scene. (laughs) Yeah, everything in this movie runs a bit long. This thing is two hours and 18 minutes. And boy howdy is most of that just good-looking people whispering in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, also Nick Nolte's here. And then Nick Nolte shows up so that he can growl in the dark. <laughs> yep. Also, some exceedingly stilted line readings, especially early on, like when we're getting the introduction to Jennifer Connelly's Betty Ross, and she's just like, oh, I suppose you're simply another symptom of my unavoidable attraction to distant men. And he's just like, oh, dude, you don't need to say that much. You're so specific. This is hurting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, having come back to it, for the first time in 17 years, I was like, ooh, this is worse than I remember. Like, I came out of Hulk in the theaters and was like, that wasn't great. And at least it was, you know, a Hulk movie-ish. Like, I got to see Hulk on the big screen. Hooray. They do and some stuff here. it had here. some interesting stuff. Okay, yeah. sure. They do some stuff here with the Hulk's physicality that I think is exceedingly well thought out. I mean, granted, it's not especially well animated because it was made in 2003, so... This guy's green is day glow green. Oh, yeah. He is straight up just the pie filling from a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hostess cream pie. Yeah. You assume if you ever see his back, it just says like children live in this neighborhood. Slow down written on it in Sharpie. (laughs) He he is he is aggressively nuclear bright. Uh, You know, they and they do an okay job with the hair and the facial uh, features and everything. It's impressive for 2003. But we've seen a lot of Hulk movies since then, and it, and this really hurts. But again, like I'm saying, they do a lot of things here to kind of give you an idea of the, of the raw physical power of what the Hulk is. And, and I think they do some neat stuff. Yeah, no, I think this isn't probably as bad as the reputation that it gets, because Hulk gets a lot of hate. 
And, you know, it definitely isn't good, but I don't think it's as bad, probably, as the internet would have you believe. I would say it's honestly right on par with the uh, Ed Norton Hulk movie. Like, they're they're almost the same thing. They're, they're, they're getting the whole thing wrong for various different reasons. In this one, it's the misguided visual stylings that are certainly very interesting, but don't seem to actually hit the mark they're shooting for. And then in the Ed Norton Hulk, it's just that that's not Bruce Banner at all uh that's just mm. ed, that's just ed norton <laughs> and then finally you hit the, the the very reasonable mark ruffalo later on in the career of the hulks and mark ruffalo makes seems to have a great uh grasp on both of the uh, roles both of the concepts yeah no ruffalo can knock it out the park yeah luke where, knock it out the box <laughs> where where eric bana here i is it just me or does this look like eric bana if you basically Somehow you took Adam Scott and just siphoned all the funny out of him. Ah, that's that's what Eric Bana looks like in this movie. Well, it's I know that he's trying to Eric Bana's trying real hard in this movie to be like, all right, all right, what's Bruce Banner? Bruce Banner's a quiet nerd. All right, I got to try and channel as much quiet nerd as I can. And you're you're just looking at it going like, yeah, but mostly what that means to you is someone that's dull, apparently. I mean, they say it right at the beginning. I already mentioned that. Emotionally distant men. And boy, does he ever play that to the hilt. He just looks like he's bored with his own movie. <laughs> this is one of the things they did so well with the, uh, the Ruffalo Hulk is that his banner is sort of an ad- adorable, endlessly put upon dumpus. It, I mean, he, he doesn't want to be in the situations he's constantly in. But instead of being like, I will be, remain perfectly calm and still, he's like, ah, I'm a little worried about things. And I, I think that's a good take on, on the character, the Bruce Banner character. Oh, yeah. U- ultimately, of course, this movie also positions Hulk's dad as the villain, which is just dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? Get we're going to get we're going to get into all of it. We're going to listen to a little bit of music, and then we're going to go into the full spoiler blow-by-blow blow for Ang Lee's Hulk. Doesn't kill you, makes you back and it is time to really figure out what's going on with the emotional backstory of the hulk so yeah the whole decision to make nick nolte as eric bana's father in this movie uh i think i think he actually gets the david first name as like a little connection yes yeah to the to the tv show uh david banner playing the scientist who is working on genetic regeneration and immortality and shit like that um who goes to experiment on himself and then you know has a baby and the baby has the same stuff in him and blah 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 it's interesting but he's basically playing a mad scientist not by way of crazy but by way of exceedingly angry yeah it's i mean the problem i have with nick nolte in this primarily is that we never really get any sort of consistent idea of what the character wants like at first we go like oh he's obsessed with his research and he wants the research to succeed but then as soon as he realizes that he's passed on this mutation that he did to himself to his kid he's like oh no now i need to find a cure and i think 
that like everything that I've done up to this point is abominable and it's terrible. And then he goes back and he's like, oh no, now I, I actually, you know, need to destroy this child. No, I love my child. No, I hate my child. I love the Hulk. Right, yeah. And and all the way through it, he's constantly making weird pronouncements in his Nick Nolte growl, which don't really seem to match his characterization or just sort of change dramatically as, as we're making our way through. There's a point where he suddenly starts yelling biblically about something. And to that, that point, he's had no kind of how, higher power or opinions on the weaknesses of mankind or whatever. But then all of a sudden he's like, and they shall fear us and, and they shall lay their prostate before us for their sins. It's like, what the fuck is this? Where is this coming from? I don't want to lay my prostate before you. (laughs) No, it's cool. He's a doctor. (laughs) You're getting up there in years, John. It's time to take care of your prostate health with Nick Nolte. It's time for Nick Nolte to get up in your booty hole. Think about the importance of finding out if you have uh, rectal cancer early on with Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, the the thing with this movie having a lot to do with, like, father issues, because it's, of course, going to have Nick Nolte and uh, Banna as the whole, you know, father-son banner science abomination nonsense going on. But also... But then also you've got Betty Ross and Thunderbolt Ross with Jennifer Connelly and Sam Elliott as they're sort of like a person of science and someone who follows like uh, strict rules and has more like, oh, I'm I don't believe in whatever, which is very strange. Yeah, we've got a multiple father figure thing going on. And uh, this is another thing that I feel like might be new to this movie and not part of the regular whole continuity is that uh, Banner's parents both die on the Gamma Bomb Day, as far as he is aware. This actually doesn't happen, but he thinks it did. Um, And so he gets adopted and changes his name to Bruce Krenzler. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I understand that they were like, oh, because we want to do an entire, like, oh, the sins of the father type storyline and the... We have like a rage of everything that happened in your childhood and so on. And I get that. We even have like a a genetic destiny thing going on where, where young banner starts like instinctively researching the same scientist that his dad did. Yeah. And so like, I understand they wanted to do that. It's just weird to be like, yeah, I know that that's like literally nothing to do with the character in the comic book at all but uh fuck it <laughs> i mean ultimately the problem is that it you're right it, the, there's never really a lot of daddy issue shit with incredible hulk that's not a part of the character but it is a part of the character with almost every superhero movie uh main character so i feel like they just shoved it in there oh yeah they were like okay well how do we get like uh attention here for the hulk like hulk is based on emotion so what's a what's the emotions we should really have it play here to make him angry and they were like oh well clearly because it's a superhero movie it needs to be something to do with his father yeah exactly they were like well okay uh batman is powered by his dad dying spider-man is powered by his uncle dying uh superman has two dads and he has to deal with the constant push-pull over which one wants him to do which thing and living up to their various ideals and so when it comes time to do this hulk movie Obviously, it has to have a strong dad element. Every successful superhero movie to this point has. Uh, discounting X-Men, I guess, and probably Steel. Eh, yeah. But I, I mean, mean... Well, you said it's successful, so... <laughs> fair enough. But X-Men was three years earlier, and it didn't have a lot of dad shit in it. But uh, Blade had an ex- uh, extremely strong father figure 
issue in, in Nick in, Nolte, in, in Nick Nolte, and also in Whistler. So it, <laughs> it it was just a completely regular thing for a superhero movie to be like, "Fuck it, put an angry dad in there," and. I think it's to this movie's detriment. I mean, I don't mind Nick Nolte as a villain. I kind of like him as an actor, but for him to be this dad figure who like did way more of the Hulk groundwork than, than the Hulk did. I feel like it kind of is pulling away from the main story significant. Oh yeah. Well, part of the whole Hulk story as well is sort of banners comeuppance slash punishment for his own invention like him inventing a gamma bomb that he is the one that takes the blast from and then becomes this monster is very much you know in the whole mad scientist dr jekyll mr hyde i did a thing and created my own monster right and having it just be like oh no it's because your dad did weird stuff before you were born and that's the only reason and then you happened to accidentally activate it with an unrelated experiment you're like this takes something away from that. Yeah, it absolutely does. Anyway, in the beginning, Banner, the older one, is getting in trouble because his research is too unusual and, you know, standard mad scientist being shut down stuff. And they're like, you cannot possibly do human trials. And then he responds by just doing the obvious thing, which is human trials on himself. Yeah, because that's what you do if you're a mad scientist. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a young Thunderbolt Ross is the one telling the young David Banner that he can't do this. And I know we normally do blow-by-blow blow stuff, but I also, God, I keep going into just overarching things. I it's really fine. hate the way that they portray uh, Ross in this. Yeah. Because General Ross is supposed to basically be, in a human form, what banner is in a hulk form he's constantly angry he's yelling he wants results he slams his fists on things but sam elliott just plays it as like well i'm sam elliott i'm just gonna be sam well yeah they basically try to do it as he's not the bad guy uh he's just doing what he has to because he's a military man but overall he's he's concerned with everyone else's well-being and happiness and so on he's he's the bad guy who has a, a heel or a face turn towards the end yeah they decided that they were like, oh, no, it's not that Ross is the bad guy. It's that, you know, his dad is the bad guy and Elliot's just here trying to do his best. Yeah, I mean, the movie still has two full beginning to end villains in it in the form of Nick Nolte's character. And Josh Lucas is in this as Glenn Talbot, uh, a regular in early Hulk storyline stuff who routinely gets redefined as a, as a random different thing every time he's in any kind of media. <laughs> he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, he was the guy who ended up being the graviton of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, they just kind of don't really know what to do with that character. So, Well, yeah, and that's a common thing with a lot of the Hulk, the, like the early Hulk allies and so on from, from Hulk comics, like I don't know, Wyatt Wingfoot or, or uh, Doc Sampson. Like, they're willing to mention them and have them be part of the world, but they're usually just like, I'm your regular friend. I don't have weird green hair and super muscles. <laughs> I'm just some psychologist. Yeah, I'm just, who was that, Ty Burrell? Playing- yeah, it was. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> As the only Doc Sampson that I think has been in, in filmed format so far. I don't know, maybe there's a Doc Sampson in the 1988 TV movie. Ugh. <sighs> I mean, it's weird to me that they've never done a Rick Jones thing, because yeah, that right. was from the very beginning, his sort of like, that's who he saved uh, when he became the Hulk and just sort of was someone there trying to help him. And 
it just never comes up in here, and I don't know why. And I, I mean, I do know why. It's because they want the role that Rick would normally play to go to Betty Ross, because we also need to have a love interest no matter yeah, what. And that's economical to be like. Uh, what I'm curious about is how come that extra random scientist in this movie, I think his name was like Handler or something, why he wasn't just the, uh, you know, the Rick, the the Rick Jones role. Why not just make him Rick Jones? I mean, if you're going to make Glenn Talbot into evil business executive, then why not just go whole hog? Yeah, it's weird because uh, I think it's Harper is the That's other right. yeah. uh, scientist. And all we get is a little bit when uh, Banner shows up to work for the first time as an adult. He's, you know, riding a bike and has a bicycle helmet on. And Harper gives him a hard time for looking like a nerd, even among scientists. Mm-hmm. And then we get like one more scene of him. And then he gets saved by Banner as you know, he jumps in front of the gamma blast in order to save him. Sort of like you get from the standard Hulk comic book of pushing Rick Jones into a uh, shelter as he gets blasted by the bomb. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, that's a perfect spot to to just have that character be named Rick Jones. And also, that character disappears at that point. Yeah, he does. After he gets saved, they're like, oh yeah, uh, Harper's uh recovering anyway he won't be in this film anymore and you're like okie dokie also i really enjoy him telling banna he or yeah eric bana that he looks like a nerd yeah it's like this little five two guy with a flannel shirt and an exceedingly bad mustache is like eric bana you look like an undateable nerd right now and eric bana you know six three hollywood type is like yeah i guess you're right I look completely undateable. Maybe if You're I took right. off these overalls and let my hair shake out. I should take off these glasses. Imagine if that was what happened. He was like, oh, you're right, Harper. And he took off his bike helmet and just a cascade of beautiful hair came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're not a scientist at all. You're a hunk. <laughs> Some kind of incredible hunk. <laughs> Yeah, so as a grown-up, uh, Eric Bana, there's an interesting moment where they skip Eric Bana, uh, his his childhood. Like, he's a teenager for one scene, and then the very next shot, with no kind of transition or le- or effect to let us know that we're going to the future, is him walking into a, uh, a, a lab office with his bike helmet on, and you only see him from behind, and you're like, oh, okay, so we're going to do some teenage Bruce Banner stuff in this movie. Nope, that's just Eric Bana as a full-grown adult. We just didn't feel like doing the next bit. Yeah, for a movie that is so obsessed with transitions and just doing the most experimental, weird wipes and transitions and things like that, the fact that they just kind of dropped the ball on letting you know that uh, we went from teenager to adult is a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he works in a lab where they are doing basically the same thing that his dad did. The movie opens with this awesome series of shots of, of David Banner cutting up sea creatures and getting their goops and trying to form extra regenerate serums out of all their goops and fluids. But, uh, <laughs> yes, obviously as a, uh, as an adult banner is a lot, uh, calmer. And so he's just using nano meds. They keep calling them, which are apparently, uh, microscopic things that float in an air tank to repair gashes on frogs, but they keep blowing the frogs up instead. Yeah. I I have to wonder exactly what was going on with this when they're like, oh, the experiment is we have these like nanites that will get into someone's body and 
whenever they detect damage, they'll go to try and heal. Yeah. And for some reason, we decided that the way to activate these is to blast a motherfucker with gamma radiation. And I'm like, that is not a thing you want to design your machine around. Yeah, it's kind of amusing. I guess they were like, well, how do we turn them on, gamma radiation? Well, couldn't we just do it with, like, you know, a little electric charge or maybe, like, a a, a, a gas reaction? Or if that we they... have to do it with gamma, like, maybe blast them with gamma and, and then put them on the frog? <laughs> but nope. We do all of them, and then we have to watch a frog blow up in this movie, which is gross. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, we go on like this for a while. Nick Nolte, now an old man, shows up as a janitor working at Banner's new lab. Yep. Now, I mean, I mentioned it before, but god damn, the beginning and honestly most of this movie is people in dark settings like stage whispering at each other just constantly being very quiet and even toned being like you know bruce we really need to get all of this together for our experiment for tuesday yes i know betty but you know it's gonna be hard i'm like you two can oh my god have any sort of interest to you anything they they do their best to make it make you okay with the fact that bana is playing banner as a boring motherfucker by having him identified right away as an emotionally distant person who keeps his thoughts and feelings to himself but the problem is everyone else is doing the same shit everyone else is also just sitting around in a dark room quietly whisper talking yeah this isn't jennifer Connolly's best movie uh no by far not Uh, she is pretty much like, I am so... Basically, she's playing Be- Betty Ross like she was in Ghost World. It's not... It, it, it doesn't It doesn't really add up. You don't have any all that much emotion coming out of either of the leads. You, you, you need Nick Nolte's rambly, growly smokers yelling to kind of bring any air of interest to the proceedings. Yeah. Although, even then, when fucking Jennifer Connelly goes to visit Nick Nolte and be like, hey, you know, uh, you're... Bruce's dad, what's going on? Nolte still just sits there and he's like, I'm going to growl at you and talk and I'm going to tell you. I'm basically sling blade at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep, that definitely happens. Uh, while they're working in their lab, uh, Glenn Tal- Late one night, their eyes beheld an eerie sight. It was a poodle. <laughs> uh, Glenn Talbot comes in. And at this point in the movie, we know that he used to work for Thunderbolt Ross, but now he's gone corporate. Uh, for a significant salary boost for some sort of defense contracting company called Atheon. Uh, and he is here to attempt to poach Betty Ross out of this this uh, low-paying public lab. Yeah, basically he's like, this lab, I want essentially you and all of the experiment that you are doing right now to come be done for us. Because if it actually succeeds, this would be ridiculously powerful. Yeah, and Betty kind of just sort of brushes him off because he comes in he's like look we could do something incredible with this and you're working with inadequate facilities let me give you every single possible research tool you'll need and also you'll get paid time times as much and she's like yeah but then it'll belong to you guys instead of belonging to the world here's the door so we get this sort of thing from the two of them from betty and bruce that their research they are very very insistent that it be made public at every step of the way Oh, yeah. They're like, this isn't a thing for the military, because that's sort of what everyone else is looking at it as. They're like, we're not trying to make a thing where, like, we want soldiers that 
instantly heal when they get shot in the field. We're trying to do this for just the standard medical purposes of like, oh, if someone gets super hurt or if they've got, you know, uh, failing uh, organs or something like that, we can help them out. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking like, yeah, but someone is still funding you. Someone owns the lab you're at. The second you finish that, they'll own it. Right, yeah. We even get a, a brief mention of that. There's a point where they have to show it to investors. It's like the first conversation between Betty and Eric is, er, Eric, between Betty and Bruce is, hey, just so you know, the investors meeting is on Tuesday, so we have to have a presentation ready and some sort of display. Uh, and he's like, yes, I know. <laughs> so that's the full extent of their, their conversation about it. But we know that they are planning to push what they're doing to investors, and I guess they're doing the whole thing on their own recognizance. I mean, I don't see why not. Betty in this movie despite being constantly told that she is poor, uh, ha clearly owns two homes. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's got her standard place that she lives in in San Francisco, which already, Jesus. It's some giant-ass six-bedroom, two-story house with, a, with fucking columns and shit out front, too. And then she's got just a cabin in the woods that she can go to as well. Yeah. So we we keep getting told like, oh, you should join Atheon. You you could make so much more money than you make right now. You people are working on an uh, on a public college be uh, level when you could be working at the cream of the crop scientist. And she's like, no, I'm okay being a bourgeoisie low class type. Someone someone who doesn't really truck with uh with, with the higher classes. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna go to my my cabin tonight and my mansion tomorrow night. <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't understand why. I guess maybe we talked about this before as well, is that people in Hollywood are so un unimaginably vastly wealthy that they do not understand what most people live like. Oh, yeah. And they can't. I mean, from a practical standpoint for shooting, it's much easier to have someone in a large area so that you can actually set up shots. Oh, yeah, like, sure. And I don't need her. To I understand live in a, that. I don't need her to live in a studio apartment. I know those are hard to film in, but to have her just clearly have a home and a vacation home and the home is ludicrous and we don't even ever really need to go in there is it, it seems silly yeah uh the the movie once fucking uh banner gets blasted with the radiation because uh what's his name harper ends up fucking up trying to fix the machine at one point yeah it's it's interesting that the rest of the movie for like another hour until he essentially gets caught by the military is just in the dark. Like his initial transformation into the Hulk is when he's in the lab and it's nighttime. And for some reason, no one has any lights on when they work in a science lab. Right. And notably when because he gets being able to see to do science is not a thing you need. Yeah, obviously you don't need to be able to see to do science. Science is done by instinct, John. It's a seat of the pants procedure. Yeah, obviously. You know, you just uh, you just got to do it by gut instinct. You get in there with with feelings and you really feel out the science. Yeah, that's the way the greatest scientists of history. Indeed. Mm -hmm. You get in there and you're just like, I want to just, I don't know, take a beaker and fill it with, fill it with something. And then, I don't know, we'll pour it in something else. Let's see what happens. Yeah, you know how many books Newton filled up with stuff that wasn't quite the calculus? It was a bunch. <laughs> he wasn't worried about that. He just kept throwing his hands in the game until they came out golden which of course is the famous story of newton and his golden hands yes newton's golden hands uh famous folk tale mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he had to have his hands replaced with gold because his original hands were eaten by leibniz 
<laughs> oh, that's that's a much better history. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, when he's at the lab and starts to get all angry and kind of he has this repressed memory about what happened uh, when he was a kid. I hate his repressed memory. I'm just going to come out and say it. I fucking hate his repressed memory because it's the same awful shot over and over again throughout this movie. It, uh, this movie's way too long. We could have done with a lot less of this shot of this, this four-year-old smacking two toys together and going... Yeah, God, I don't know what's with that kid, but he can make the worst noises. Yeah, no, it's it's awful. Basically, we get a story of what happened on Gamma Bomb Detonation Day, and I'm still... This movie makes it very unclear what the fuck Gamma Bomb Detonation Day was exactly. Apparently, uh, David Banner set off some fail... or clicked some fail-safes to the wrong positions and shit out of a, in a fit of revenge against uh, Thunderbolt Ross for shutting down his science. And that's yeah, what, when that's Ross what wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the Gamma incident was. Yeah, it wasn't a bomb. It was just... Essentially, whatever they uh, were housing the gamma radiation in, he overloaded, and it exploded, but it wasn't like a nuke actually went off. Yeah, I mean, granted, we still get a big green mushroom cloud uh, several times, but but it's not technically a nuke. It's just a, a lab exploding. Yeah. And it happens very far away from everybody in this movie. This movie does not make the Hulk stuff about the gamma explosion. It's got nothing. No. It's just there to to change everything in Hulk's life forever, except for giving him superpowers. It doesn't do that. Oh, yeah. The explosion goes off in the background. But the only thing that actually matters is that he's repressed a memory of uh, his father and his mother because his dad came home after setting off all of this uh, gamma nonsense and he was like, oh, I got to kill my kid now because I, for some reason, I've now realized that my child is a monster and I've got to kill him before it's too late. And he tries to stab Bruce and stabs uh, the mom instead, who I kept going like, I know who you are. And I didn't realize until later that it was the Stranger Things MILF. Uh, yeah, that's Carbuono. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he, he accidentally kills his wife, does David Banner. And then I guess he gets arrested. But the important thing is that Bruce Banner 100% represses all of these memories. He has no memories of, of being uh, four years old or younger. Yeah, but all he has is the occasional nightmare where he sees the door where he can hear his parents arguing. And that's it. Right. And they're having an interesting argument. We have to kill the kid. Why? Well, because I wasn't able to get a cure for him myself. So obviously we have to kill him. And she's like, well, can't we not kill him and, you know, see if anyone else can cure him? And he's like, damn it, no, you don't understand. I'm a scientist or something. And and then he goes to kill him. And, he and you'd also think you'd be like, ah, oh, he's a monster because of an experiment I did on myself. And then you'd be like, well, aren't you a monster? Are you going to, like, off him and then yourself? Is that what's going on here? Obviously like not. I'll keep working on a cure for myself. But I've run out of time for the boy. <laughs> Anything past four is too much. <laughs> basically and we really are lacking a lot of th this scene is the classic hulk scene of watching the gamma bomb go off in the distance and they're in one of those constructed houses and 70 style houses in the desert and it would be perfect if it had anything to do with the character developing the hulk stuff yep but no i mean all it does is it's what that memory is what drives banner's inner 
damage and that's the nano machines are reacting to mental trauma instead of physical trauma fucking whatever dumb bullshit we want to say rather than just saying you know hulk m strongest one there is <laughs> true uh we even have to have this is Connolly in this movie is saddled with the worst possible lines at every turn because she has to be like wait something has happened to you. you know that emotional damage can inflict inflict physical harm on a person all the time and he who apparently has the same training she does is just like list several examples <laughs> and she's like okay well often when people suffer an extreme post-traumatic stress that's one of them uh or when they get specific diseases that make them feel like they're burning uh, that can cause physical damage. Anyway, the important thing is that even though you haven't turned into the Hulk yet, you will tonight in your hospital bed, and then you'll just stand there in your doorway looking creepy and then close the door. I mean, here's the thing. Please, <laughs> please give me the thing. One, when he's like, oh, tell me, she immediately goes to a repressed memory, which is just like, let's just pull something out of thin air. Like, maybe you have repressed memories. I'm like, wow, way to really nail it in one. Oh my god, I forgot about that whole conversation where where she will not let him go about not being interested in discussing his his birth parents. Yeah. That He's was like they're dead. I don't care. It's not like I was adopted because I was given up and I want to know what happened. My parents are dead. I know what happened. Yeah, and she's like, I don't understand. How come you don't want to know more about them? If I were you, I'd want to learn everything I possibly could about my birth parents. And he's like, I don't want to. Please leave the subject alone. No, it's your unhealthiness that's causing me to, to bring this up. You need to know way more about your birth parents. I'm like, D this is a boundaries issue. Oh, yeah, this is this is a you issue, Betty. Betty, let him have this one. You, imagine doing that in real life to someone who was who was a uh, you know, uh, adopted and be like, look, adopted person, your birth parents are way more important. And, and for them to go, no, I've established a, uh, a loving and healthy relationship with the parents that actually wanted me. And they're the ones I'd prefer to spend my life dedicated to. Thank you. No, the, but the other ones who are wrong, the ones that gave <laughs> biological birth to you are the only ones that matter. Oh yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the Hulk transformations in this up until basically towards the end of the all kind of happen in the dark and i understand i get that you were like well our animation sucks so let's not you know put them in the bright light of day until the end of the movie where we put them in the bright light of day yeah but um, it also means watching it on my laptop i was like i can't tell what the fuck is going on yeah i had to put this up on a larger screen for most of it to get through the darkness um and, and you know what the funny thing is for the most part the model for the hulk is really good and looks good moving around and so on like they did a great job with the physical animation and presence of the cgi character but they really dropped the ball on the texture mapping yeah which i think is probably just because that was the technology of the time but basically so you have this picture perfect hulk skeleton and frame where he looks really good taking bullet wounds uh showing really strong facial emotions uh, you know, rippling muscles and everything. It looks all very well done. Uh, but when you look at the texture map, he's just, you know, he basically has the same texture coat that Shrek does. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's just sad when you're like, oh, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I uh, will say this for it though. The one thing that this movie does with the Hulk that you don't really see at all in the next iterations is they really play into the whole, like, the matter he gets, the stronger he gets, 
because you will see him physically grow as he gets more angry. Yeah, I'm fairly certain this is the largest the Hulk's ever been in a movie because there's points in this this movie where he's identifiably well more than twice the height of Betty. So he's somewhere in the 13 to 14 foot tall range. Oh, definitely. I mean, there are times in this film when he gets to his largest in growth where you're like, man, you have got to be like pushing 16, 17 feet. And I appreciate that again for the whole uh, visual aesthetic that Ang Lee is going for, for like, this is a comic book style thing. We want the Hulk to be this larger than life presence. We're doing lots of visual playing with how we structure scenes, but we're also going to play with, you know, the physicality and size of the Hulk. It just also, like you mentioned, at times looks like angry Shrek is punching a tank. Yeah. And this movie and the, uh, the, the, I can't remember his name. The uh, the Incredible Hulk movie that came out after the Norton this, one, the Norton one. They both have the advantage of Hulk being the protagonist and main character, so he can really cut loose and be ultra strong. Uh, you know, as much as I love the Ruffalo Hulk and Hulk, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Ruffalo Hulk. He's the wharf of the MCU. Like, in, ev- <laughs> in every movie that the Hulk is in in the MCU, it's so he can get beat up to, or show how great the real threat is. I mean, I'll say this. Not in the first Avengers movie. They play him as the main badass in Avengers 1. Uh, I guess you could say he does get beaten by Thor at one point, and also... He doesn't, though. <laughs> he does. He gets uh, he gets caught under the hammer and has to escape from that, and then he gets tricked into the, the dispensing chamber and shot towards Earth, where he falls unconscious yeah. when he gets there. He, well... He, he gets bested, at least. Yeah, he gets bested for you know, people fighting smarter than him. But when it comes down to, like, what is the biggest threat that exists, in Avengers 1, it's basically just the Hulk. Yeah. Well, they have this constant problem in the MCU where they can't... and it, They run it as a joke where no one's sure who would actually win in a straight-up fight between Hulk and Thor. And I like that they don't have to fucking mash their toys together just because of that. Maybe if they also went... When they did, that'd be, uh, that'd be great. I don't know. Uh, let's, let's let's get back on topic. I guess uh, he turns into the Hulk one night because he's lying in his hospital bed uh, after e- eating a huge gamma explosion. And after Betty finally leaves him alone, his dad shuffles in and is like, "Hey, boy, you're my boy. Yep, and- uh, you're my creation in more way than one. Not just because I had sex with your mama." <laughs> yeah. Uh, it basically just kind of gives him an idle threat slash is generally menacing and weird. Cause that's basically Nick Nolte's mo- character in this is generally menacing and weird. Except there are times in this where when he's talking to Bruce, he's like, Oh, my sweet boy, they tried to keep me away from you for so long. And this is the only way I could see you. And it seems like he's trying to be like an actual caring father and then, like, two minutes later, is like, yeah, anyway, uh, murder you, burger. You're like, oh, come on, man, just get one characterization. Just one. Yeah. Give me, he definitely has, give me a thing. He definitely has characterization, especially because his power set, because, you know, spoiler alert, he has the exact same problems that Hulk does, or that ba- Dave, or Bruce Banner does, and he eventually rebuilds the Gamma machine that turned Bruce into Hulk and shoots himself with it. But does it turn him into a Hulk? Oh, no. It turns him into an ersatz-absorbing man. Yeah. 
Instead sort of. of being like, oh, uh, I turn into Abomination, which would sort of make sense, mm-hmm. or any one of the other many, many gamma-powered villains that Hulk has, instead mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, I, uh, I'm i kind of like the Absorbing Man and uh, the T-1000 at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because his whole deal is not just that he can pick up the properties of whatever he's touching, which he can do. Like, he rests his hand on an iron uh, railing and his hand turns into iron. But he can also, like, stick his fingers through the thing that he's turned into. Like, like uh, when he's got his hand turned into iron, he can run his hand through the iron and it reforms behind him. Yeah, it's not that he is absorbing the properties so much as he is, like, becoming one with whatever he touches. Right, and he... He uses this to some really interesting effect. Like, he also has some bog-standard uh, bog super strength that comes with it. So he'll do things like turn his foot into the railing on the ground in front of him and use it to trip a guard before smashing him. And But the line he has before he does that, once he gets a superpower, some guy's like, <laughs> the line he has before he does that. He's got some guard pointing a gun at him, and he's like, look, man, I, I, I don't want to have to shoot you. Why don't you just come along quietly? And Dick Nolte has to go, hey, do you really think there's a difference between us? Or we're not the same person. And then he smashes yeah. him, and I'm just like, yeah, I get it. You're made of all the things, and all the things are made of you now. It'd be neat if you did anything that had anything to do with that line in the future. Oh, yeah. If that was, like, it's a line that you think, oh, wow, okay, I guess you've become one with things. All right, sure. No, that has nothing to do with anything. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, there's no point in the movie where he touches another person and, like, goops them into them or whatever. So his whole thing where he's like, you and I are made of the same stuff. is like, yeah, but that's got nothing to do with anything. You're going to hit him real hard with a filing cabinet. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he, before this, I gotta say, in probably the most infamous thing in this movie makes his dogs into hulk dogs and sends them after betty ross and the hulk has to fight hulk dog yeah that is true and it's one of those scenes that's done in such darkness and they even try to play with the lighting there's a point where betty tries to get her uh her headlights turned on so she can see what's happening but oh no they're off fighting in different darkness somewhere else oh yeah oh th- it would be awful if we actually had you know anything illuminated so instead <laughs> that scene I went in and specifically, like, turned the brightness of my screen, like, all the way up because it was just completely unbearable to be like, okay, I can't, I can tell that movement is happening and I can hear dogs growling and a Hulk going, and that's about it. Uh, well, you know, good news, even with a, a well, I wasn't watching this on my computer, I was watching it on a real TV. That's just what it is. That's what you're supposed to see. I mean, I'm oh, going to go ahead and guess that that's because the uh, the dogs would look fucking stupid if you could see them. Mm, I mean, they do. I mean, you get a couple shots of them posing or menacing or so on, or when Hulk is wrestling them, uh, that mm. that give you the idea of, of their actual kind of strength and size and what they are. But boy, do they ever look dumb. I mean, they kind of just look like when the, 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 in the mask, when the dog got the mask. Right? It's just not good. <laughs> I'm glad that at least they didn't turn green. That was one thing I was appreciative of. Uh, and yeah, I do like. Until I, they, he beats them and then they explode in green <laughs> poofs. Let's, yeah. I mean, one of the things you could definitely talk about with this movie is how pathetically G rated it is. Uh, it, it's a little prophetic for the days of, of the current Hulk. Where he he established God, what is that character's name? Dar- Darwin or something? The 
the the one who's the, the current Hulk where he's a, a like an Asian teenager. Oh, the immortal Hulk. Yeah, yeah Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho, thank you. Where there's a there's an Amadeus Cho before he became the Hulk thing where he calculates that the Hulk doesn't actually kill anybody. Oh yeah, he's like, uh, you know, you th- everyone thinks you're just sort of a mindless brute, but uh, Banner's brain is still in there doing stuff because you'll go on ridiculous, huge damaging rampages and no one will die. And the improbability of that for random chance is just astronomical, which means you're consciously not hurting people. Yeah, it takes you more effort to not hurt people with the shit you do, and you're putting in the effort. And that that appears to be the case in this movie. There's a point where he picks up a tank with three people in it and throws it a mile, and it lands, and they get out. Oh, yeah. there He destroys, I want to say, at least four helicopters that we see, and all of them just sort of crash land but not explode and no one dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they send a bunch of modern attack helicopters after him at one point in this movie, and he keeps jumping on them and pulling their propellers off, and then he just fall into sand, and they're like, we're okay! It's all right! Everybody's fine! If anyone dies in this movie, it's because they did it to themselves! Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, so, okay. yes. Yeah. Uh, after he saves Betty from the Hulk dogs, there is that's one when shot the military... Of- gets him yeah there is one shot in the hulk dog thing i appreciated which was the uh like a pitbull one gets its its teeth around his shoulder and he responds by swelling big enough that just his shoulder growing cracks the the uh the dog's skull open yeah he just uh, the, flexes the dog's mouth off yeah and then you know grabs the dog and turns it into green poof because can't do anything gross oh yeah no and also we can't deal with like okay but what happens if he'd like murders these three giant dogs like what are we gonna do with that and they're like uh i don't know they just explode who cares they just, they just poof don't worry about it that's what happens to if he died he'd probably just poof that's that's the thing that we're learning from this oh yeah because we can't have any physical evidence because then the rest of the movie where everyone's like oh we just want like some of your genetic material when you're the hulk we want to get a little piece off of you would be pointless because they go oh we got hulk dogs we can just use yeah, just use the Hulk dogs. It's fine. We can make a race of super dogs. It's the new type of soldier. Anyway, yeah, uh, Betty had tricked him into helping her. Well, not to help her fight the dogs, but just into being where he was because she tra- she uh, like gives him a hug and then the military tranquilizes him and now he's caught by the military. Yeah. Now, I, <laughs> I love that they're like, we're going to put him in a deep stasis. We're going to essentially put him in a chemical coma because he's too dangerous to be awake. And, you know, that's fair. He he has definitely shown to be ridiculously powerful. He put several people into the hospital and uh, caused untold property damage at the lab when he turned into the... Mm -hmm. But then all it takes is Betty going... Yeah, but Daddy, I want to talk to him, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, why not? Let's let him out." <laughs> yeah, because he let's keeps let him walk around in the desert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they give him a lot of uh, by him I mean Thunderbolt Ross. They give him a lot of like, "Nope, you're going to be listening to me now. Everyone's following my orders." Oh, I can't say no to my daughter. <laughs> yeah, I just love that they're like the conversation she has is like, "Oh, let me talk to him because you know he knows me, and we can try and." see if we can cure him because I'm, you know, a scientist and I want to be able to see if we can do something. And instead of being like, no, or even yes, you can talk to him in our 
ridiculous underground bunker facility. Yeah, a controlled like, environment. Yeah, just just have him go fucking walk around in the old desert town. That's fine. Yeah, take him back to the place where his family broke down. That definitely will not turn him back into the Hulk. Yeah, take him to a place where uh, all of his repressed memories are and try to get him to confront everything that has made him absolutely the angriest in life. That should work out fine. And that's what she's doing again here. And I got to say, I really don't like this look on Betty where where uh, she takes him to the house he grew up in until he was four or five. And she's like, remember what happened here. You have to remember your birth parents. And I keep thinking, why? I mean, I, I guess for maybe trying to figure out why he's a monster. Sure, I guess. But, but beyond that. I mean, for me, it was like, I understand that what you're trying to do is be like, you need to confront your trauma so you can get over it so that you aren't constantly turning into the hulk because of your trauma thing is yo uh betty you aren't a psychologist or a psychiatrist you're a you know gamma physicist you're not the one who should be doing this this is why you don't just let whoever be like hey yo you got trauma let me deal with it anyway taking him to his old house works he remembers his childhood for the most part uh, but it doesn't turn him into the Hulk or anything, and they just go back to the military facility, and he just gets locked back up again. Yep, but, oh, here comes Talbot, and he, I guess, managed to convince the government to give him complete control over a giant military underground facility and also the most powerful being in existence, because that's what we do. Yeah, this is our point by which Talbot gets to become the the bad guy for a little while while softening Thunderbolt Ross's character. Oh, yeah, because Ross has to be like, oh, baby girl, I'd love to help out your your banner, but, you know, it's out of my hands. I still got to take orders, and they, they put Talbot in charge, and now I, I can't do anything. My hands are tied. You can't even go see him. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm a reasonable person, and Talbot is so fucking crazy. Yep. Well, Talbot is crazy. He got beat up by the Hulk a few days ago uh, when he tried to confront Banner in his lab, not realizing that. Oh no, in his in in Betty's home, uh, not realizing that that uh, that Betty or, or that the Hulk was the Hulk, and he got th- thrown out of a house and broke most of the bones in his body. So here he comes now, all covered in bandages and on crutches, and it's payback time. And his plan is to turn Banner into the Hulk so he could drill out a chunk of him. Yeah. He's like, ooh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come in here and cattle prod you, and one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to turn green for me, and then I'm going to kill you and cut a piece of you off, or you're not, and maybe I go a little too far, huh? Maybe I break your neck. Oh, it's a win-win either way for me. And I'm like, yeah, um, my dude, you, uh, you saw what happened when he turned into the Hulk. You're absolutely fucked at this point, like... As far as your leg is still broken, your arm is broken, you've probably got, like, a few broken ribs, and no one is in the room with you. You're like, oh, I'm going to zap you until you turn green, and then people will come in and kill you. Uh, Yeah, but what happens if he turns green and just slaps you against the wall and kills you? (laughs) It's true. Well, he has his own army of private security, who he assumes will be able to take this thing down. No problem. After all, everything else hasn't worked, so this has got to be the thing that will. But I mean, even with that, they're not in the room. They would have to come in the room and stop him. And in that time, he would be alone with the Hulk in a very tiny room. Very true. It's very true. 
But Banner obviously doesn't want to become the Hulk if he doesn't have to, so he's just kind of taking whatever Talbot's given. And then uh, in response to that, Talbot puts him in a water chamber and shocks him a bunch of times, and it's like, this will turn him into the Hulk. And it does. Yeah, we, we've got some sort of brainwave-stimulating machine or something where they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to put him in this, like, I guess sensory deprivation chamber and then zap his brain so that he starts thinking about things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and it works. It turns him into the Hulk, but the Hulk just immediately breaks out of the chamber thing. Well, yeah, because the second he starts turning, they're like, all right, now drill into him and get a little piece of him. They're like, yeah, no, uh, that's not working. The drill does not go into his skin. He's like, well, drill harder. Yeah. Uh, don't. Oh. I, th- I Guess what? We definitely tried that. And, uh-oh, he's out. Oh, he got out. And they're like, okay, activate a bunch of random countermeasures. Nothing does anything. Eventually, they just spray the Hulk with rapid-hardening super foam. And uh, when they can't manage to get a sample out of him and he's breaking out of the foam, Talbot's big idea is, I'm going to take a little, like, rocket-propelled grenade thing and shoot the Hulk with it. And it bounces off of the Hulk and goes behind him and blows him up. It does? Okay, I was so confused about this. I didn't see the secret, the exact moment when it bounced off the Hulk's armor or whatever. I, I, I thought Talbot literally just shot the gun backwards because he was a moron. No, he shoots the Hulk and the rocket just sort of hits him in the chest and then flies back and ricochets into the wall. Yeah, and then it just... So basically Talbot's the one guy in this movie who dies because he cooks himself with a with a thermal missile. I mean, we don't get to see it because it just, as soon as the explosion happens, stops and turns into like a comic book panel where it's a frozen frame of him with fire behind him. Yeah, but, but also in fr- he gets swallowed up by the fire in the frame. So there's a point where he vanishes because the fire ca- took over or came around in front of him. So I assume he's supposed to be dead and he never gets mentioned again. So you know what? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who could possibly Maybe later know? he decided to become Graviton or something. <laughs> Maybe he's having a quiet love with Harper. <laughs> he's just having a schwitz. Mm-hmm. Well, Hulk busts <sighs> his way outside. Does, he he sure does. because Honestly, it's because it's what Ross wanted. He's like, I don't want that thing rampaging around in my base. Let's light up a path for him to get out, and then we can fight him with the big weapons. Yeah. And this is the best Hulk physical work in the movie but also it's broad daylight and the worst that the hulk looks (laughs) yeah i mean he is kind of on the bright green spectrum and it's it's interesting to me because they god they get so much of his physicality down the hulk jumping in particular in this is so good oh yeah they do a great job of the whole Hulk can jump several miles at a time, and he can run crazy fast. They get the the movement speed concept of the Hulk down flawlessly. He just looks ridiculous doing it because the texture mapping. Yeah, and you know, like we mentioned before, he like hits a tank with another tank. He blows up a bunch of helicopters and uh, manages to get to San Francisco. And the only thing that can stop him is his love for Betty Ross as she like walks down some stairs and is like, "Hey, what up?" Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she Anytime he sees Betty Ross, he just loses his uh, hulkiness and turns back into a guy. And this time, you know, it's just like every other time. He, he sees her, he walks down towards her, they hug each other, but at least they don't dart him now. Yeah, they're like, okay, we get it. We can't actually fucking do anything. To- so now they're like, all right, we're going to put him in a chair in between two <laughs> giant 
incinerators? I have no idea what this fucking shit is. This is the same thing where they're just where their whole thing is like, well, Thunderbolt Ross represents absolute military control and precision and security and trying his best. And the first thing that happens is him being like, well, I lost control of him to a, a regular old mad scientist. That happens to me all the time. Okay, well, we have him again. What do you want to do with him? I don't know. Put him in, in between two big metal things that probably kill him or something. And then let's just put his fucking dad in there and see what that does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he came to Betty earlier and was like, oh, I'll turn myself in as long as I can see my son one more time. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows that he's got superpowers at this point. But the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, let's just let him into that room. Let's not send anyone else with them, like some sort of security escort, because everyone else is like way outside the building. They're in like a giant warehouse by themselves and everyone else is waiting outside. So even if they were like, oh, yeah, we need someone to go in there and stop that guy. It would take him a fucking minute. And that didn't even, they didn't even mic anybody. Like, because the first thing that, like, the idea is that he's supposed to go in there and talk to Banner and help him sort of calm down and not become the Hulk. But the first thing that David Banner does on walking in is, like, lean over and be like, you're a shitty piece of crap, boy. I don't even like you. I only want the Hulk. That's my real son. Yeah, you're just a meat suit, and my real boy's in there. The... The green one is my child. Yeah, if they were, if it was miked, if they had miked the room or anything, they would be like, "Oh, shut it down." He's trying to turn him into the Hulk. That was his first yeah. move. Like literally, the very first thing he says is like, "Oh, I want the Hulk to come out." They should have just gone, and we're done here. All right, goodbye. Press the button that smashes them into each other. Yeah, it's uh, <sighs> it, it, it's so dumb. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be a comic book thing, so sure, why not? Um, but the two of them yell at each other for a while, and then. David Banner decides to reveal that he's absorbing man uh, by eating lightning. <laughs> yeah, he chews through one of the power cables for these giant incinerator machines that are on either side of Banner mm -hmm. and turns into lightning. Yeah, he becomes a 20-foot tall lightning man, uh, and then he turns himself into a lightning bolt and somehow carries the Hulk along with him. Yeah, he just sort of, like, grabs Banner and takes him into the clouds mm -hmm. as a lightning bolt. And we get, I mean, it's its some fun, neat visual effects of, like, uh, lightning going off, and in the flashes you can see, like, Hulk throwing punches in a cloud. Yeah, and you're like, that it, looks sort of neat, but what is he hitting? It looked very comic booky on purpose, obviously, but it because it was single frames. They weren't showing animation of the Hulk throwing punches in the clouds. It was individual drawings of the Hulk in various action poses in the sky. Yeah. Which honestly then, was uh, pretty funny. And then they land and uh, his dad decides to turn into the thing by absorbing a bunch of rocks. Yep. And, and then, uh, this is the one part <laughs> of this fight that makes any fucking sense because at least they both have physical bodies. So they're kind of just punching at each other. Yeah. And then he throws him in the lake and then he becomes a water guy. And it turns out like, oh, uh, you know, David Banner's molecules, when he turned into this thing, they don't have the same cohesion that Bruce does. So he is trying to drain Bruce's abilities as like an absorbing man type thing where he's like, oh, the more in contact I am with you, the more I can absorb what it is that makes you you. So I'm going to I'm going to try and stabilize myself with that. And we get the classic, oh, the villain gets more powerful with blank, but what if we give him too much blank? Yeah. Except now it's anger? Yeah, he wants the Hulk's rage. 
because apparently that'll cohesify his situation or something. So he's like, I'm just going to take your anger. You're not going to need it anymore. It's going to drain you to death. And so we get the, the one of the two spoken lines by the Hulk in the movie with the other one being puny human. But now he says, you, uh, you think you can take it? Take it all. And yeah, then we just don't even know what happens. He just, I guess, rages as much as he can and wins, I guess. Yeah. I mean, fucking his dad turns into what looks like a mushroom made out of water. Mm hmm. And then they drop a gamma bomb on them, which seems like it would be a bad idea. Yeah, that would just, seem like the one thing that we know that has powered these people up. Yeah, you're like, oh, what happened? Oh, well, they got hit with gamma radiation and it activated all the stuff that made them into monsters. And you're like, why don't we hit them with a lot of gamma radiation? <laughs> <laughs> and indeed they do. And presumably, uh, Nick Nolte is killed. Heck, they think yeah, both I of guess them are dead. that works on him. But not on Bruce, and I guess they just didn't recover him because they think they're both dead. Yeah, well, obviously, they're not going to go to the site where they set off a gamma bomb. It's going to be all crowded with gamma radiation. I guess no one ever needs to visit Pear Lake anymore because that's what it was. That's what, at least uh, in the movie, they were like, they're at Pear Lake, sir. Perfect. We can blow up Pear Lake. No one likes Pear Lake. It's the shitty of the lakes. Uh, okay. And we get to the denouement. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross and his daughter are sort of reconciling, but not really. And he's like, hey, if you ever see that Bruce Banner again, you're going to tell me, right? And she's like, no, no, I am definitely not. And also, it wouldn't matter because you've tapped my phone and my computer and have me under constant surveillance. Like, if he tried to get in contact with me, you'd probably know before I did. Yeah, uh, but he hasn't, and that's because... And this is neat, because this is actually a bit that, that is carried over into the Ed Norton movie. He has gone to South America to kind of be an erstwhile... Uh, he's basically doing Doctors Without Borders. Yeah, he's just down there, you know, giving medicine to people who need it, and just being sort of a, a doctor, even though, again, I don't know that he was a medical doctor. <laughs> I I feel like he was just a physicist, but whatever. <laughs> Hey, at least in the MCU, we know he holds like seven PhDs, so he probably is a medical doctor. Uh, but not here. We have no idea. But the neat thing is that despite The Incredible Hulk not being a sequel to Ang Lee's Hulk, it does open with Ed Norton being Bruce Banner in Central America. Yeah, I, I mean, The Incredible Hulk is basically the sequel to Hulk. They just sort of forget a lot of the dumber things from it because they're like, all right, we're going to go ahead and say that, yes, we already know that the Hulk exists. Uh, we're going to put him in the same place where we had him at the end of this one. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and just ignore that whole giant electric dad thing. <laughs> <laughs> giant electric dad is one of my favorite prog rock bands, by the way. <laughs> I said, ooh, girl, hit me with an electric dad. <laughs> All right, everybody at this wedding, onto the dance floor. It's time to do the electric dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there you go. And he, of course, gets to have his famous you wouldn't like me when I'm angry line, but he can only do it if it's in Spanish. Yeah, if he did it in English, it'd be corny. Yeah. Lord like, knows. He does at least say once, hey, you're making me angry. But yeah. he doesn't get to follow it up with the you wouldn't like me when I'm angry line until... You know, the end of the movie. Yeah, they hit but they hit all the beats they needed. They gave him that line and the puny human line. And there you go. I, I no Hulk Smash. I think we don't get Hulk Smash 
in- we get no Hulk smash and no leave Hulk alone, which are basically the only two things that Hulk should say aside from puny human. Right. I'm thinking the only actual Hulk smash in a movie has been in the Ed Norton Hulk. I think, I think he, so. I think he yells it when he's jumping at the abomination at one point. I mean, we'll probably just have to do the Incredible Hulk as well. Oh, I actually thing is, I, I think as much as I hate Ed Norton in the role, I, I really don't think he was a good Bruce Banner or a good Hulk. Uh, I really like Tim Roth as the villain in that. Right? Fuck it. Well, Tim Roth is great. He is a treasure. Yeah, I mean, and it's got, who's, I never remember his name, but but uh, the guy playing effectively the leader in that is also very good. Yes. They've got a good supporting cast of people in there. Yeah, uh, they really they really do. Um and god is it ever a waste that they they're setting up the leader at the end of that movie and then they don't actually do it. Yeah. Damn you bastards. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway. There you go. There is Angley's Hulk for you. And uh let's go ahead and do our bests and worsts. Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson was the leader in that. God, I can remember Ty Burrell. Tim Blake Nelson, he's my favorite thing. Yeah, he's awesome in that movie. God, I, it was killing me because I was like, fuck you, your my, my brain. I can remember Ty Burrell was in the movie, but I can't remember Tim Blake Nelson. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so favorites and least favorites in this thing? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, give me your favorite thing in Hulk. Uh, I'm going to have to say, I've said it a couple times throughout this episode, but the physicality of the Hulk model is very on point. Like when he's smashing stuff, you believe it. When you take the when he takes the turret off one tank and baseball bats it into another tank, you feel the impact. It feels real and it's well realized. I mean, yes, he looks like a crappy PlayStation Two version of himself, but the the physicality and stunt work of the character is very impressively done. So that's my favorite. And you? Uh, I'm gonna have to go and say. I mean, it's along those lines. But honestly, my favorite, very specific thing in here is the Hulk jumping when he's in the desert. Uh, The way in which he lands and has to do sort of a stutter step and then, you know, get his feet under him and jump again. The distances that he can cover, depending on, like, the lead-up time that he has to the jump, everything feels like it was so well thought out for that. They even did the hard shot of him in midair and not looking like he's flying. Yeah. Where they show the wind whipping along on him. Yeah, he's just doing a jump, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I look like I am jumping and not just some guy in midair. Yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. I feel like that was very well shot. It's funny, it, both of us are going to pick these special effect things, and the movie is, you know, not. Uh... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I also, I got to say, I did appreciate the Lou Ferrigno cameo. Yeah, I mean, we get a little Stanley Lou Ferrigno talking to each other as security guards. I was trying to remember what the first Stanley cameo was when I was seeing this, and I knew it wasn't this because this is 2003, and he has cameos in the X Men movies. Uh, and the actual answer is his first ever film role cameo was in the TV Incredible Hulk movie. Oh yeah, 1989. He has a non-speaking role as a member on the jury. Yeah, man. I I gotta say, I fucking love the, uh, Thor and the Hulk. TV movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That shit was tight. It's fun as hell. Sure, isn't it stupid? But it's fun as hell. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Worst thing in the movie for you? Um, I don't know. I might go with his dad's motivation. It doesn't make any sense at any point. It feels like he's just very scattershot and all over the place. I'm never quite sure what I'm supposed to be reading about him. Uh, oh yeah, he basically just is whatever they need for the scene. They're like, oh, do we need him to be like 
a sad dad. All right, he's a sad dad. Does he need to be an angry dad? He's an angry dad now. now is he going to suddenly have a fire and brimstone streak? He does. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah, it just it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I I definitely also hated that. Uh, so I'm going to uh, say that's my least favorite. Yeah, I want to say my least favorite thing. Honestly, just all of the scenes that take place in far too much darkness. No, oh, sure, the, sure. Trying to follow anything that happens in the just the worst. And you know, and I, I don't. It just takes away from what's going on because you're like, I'm trying to tell what's happening. <laughs> I don't care uh, that the Hulk dogs seem like they might be kind of a stupid I- idea. I actually think it's kind of a neat idea, Hulk dogs. Uh, but you don't get to see them. Yeah, I'm like, if you're gonna do Hulk dogs, great, do some Hulk dogs. He can fight some Hulk dogs. Whatever. But if all you're going to do is say, oh, we think it's kind of stupid, so we're going to make it so you can't see anything. I'm like, then don't put the fucking scene in the movie. You've just made me look at a dark screen with a few moving objects, maybe for a good five, six minutes. And it's a waste. Yeah, no, I can agree with you on that. All right. So now we will give the movie each a rating from zero to five to give the rating a full total one to ten. Jeff. Um... Two and a half. This is pretty middle of the road for me. I didn't. I didn't hate it as much as I was on my single viewing from way back around 2005. I I kind of remembered absolutely hating this, but on the second watch, I don't hate it. I just don't think it's as impressive as it needed to be. So a two and a half. That's fair. And I mean, you? I think I'm I'm gonna give it a two and a half as well, mostly because it's. I mean, you watch it and you're like, man, some of this is just laughably bad Mm. but at least you know like we mentioned there are some very good things that they do right in this film it's just most of that isn't plot related yeah no you're absolutely right the plot is very wild and scattershot and doesn't feel like it actually it feels like it was an afterthought almost entirely oh yeah the whole thing was just like oh we we have an idea of some scenes we want to do and we're just going to kind of string some shit along until we get there. And it feels like the scenes they wanted to do were largely pulled from, you know, comic book panels where they were like, oh, well, famously, the Hulk is associated with a big green gamma bomb going off in the desert. So let's put it in there. It won't do anything, but let's put it in there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the uh, the scene where his mom dies, that we actually see like her walk out of the house and then the bomb goes off in the background once he remembers like everything that happened from his repressed, oh, repressed it's true. memories. It's a cool shot. They show her reaching out forward like the mushroom cloud as if she's trying to take hold of it, but it's not what kills her. She's hella stabbed already. Oh, yeah. It also, God, I can't remember the name of the painting, but uh, the woman who's sort of like in a field that's like reaching out, mm-hmm. it's I don't know very about, much constructed in the same uh, style as that. Yeah, I absolutely. wish I could remember what it's called. You're right. This movie kind of has a a sort of a Watchmen-y vibe to it, where it feels more like they were trying to recreate comic book scenes than worry about how they fit together. Yeah. So that that's probably where the two and a half is coming from. Yeah. You know, this has uh, Feige behind it, so it's uh, it's got all the people that we have now. It just didn't quite pan out the way you'd want to even i would be okay with this with even just a judicious cut Hmm. because it's too long and it it, it could it could well be shortened down and be a lot better yeah i could i could definitely see that so i don't know that's that that's where we're coming from a five out of ten you know what 
the thing I was thinking of is Christina's World is the painting. Okay, I'm glad you were able to find that out. There we go. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. If you want to continue listening to some content, we have more to do. Uh, over at patreon.com slash system mastery. You can find all of our bonus content over there. And we've got new bonus content for this show where we do TV mastery. We go in and we're watching right now the first season of Smallville. And uh, we'll move on from there to some other stuff. But right now, ooh, baby, it's some dumb garbage. And if you love us ragging on shitty superhero stuff, then you should love that too. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I can't wait for this episode. Tony Todd's in this one. Yeah. Oh God. You hate to see it. <laughs> you really do. Oh, he does not get treated well. Uh, so, so that's at the $5 level. So if you are already there for the afterthought, what a heck of a deal that is. We just tripled your content for, you know, five bucks a month, which is what you're already giving us. Hell Yeah. So, and if you weren't there, then hey, come on up. You get more content. You get the monthly content. You get access to stuff on our Discord. It's uh, it's a whole deal of a thing. Yeah, you get a heck of a deal on this one. So come join us at patreon.com. And we'll see you there. That's right. And until next time, you have a good one. <laughs>